Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to morning worship at Hillhead. I see that some of us have been popping in and out of uh, broadband access this morning, so it may be that there are some broadband issues in Glasgow, but we'll we'll do our best, and if, uh, if I disappear within the next sentence, you'll know what's happened. Uh, as always, uh, a welcome to everyone, but especially to members of our family and friend from across the country and all around the world. It's lovely to have Anto back with us this morning. Our service will be led by our minister, Katrina, but during the service, we'll also hear the voices of Adi and Moji and Talash. As we sing along with recordings of ourselves, we'll hear Paul on keyboard, Neil on trumpet and Yang Yang on violin. And in a few minutes, the Rooney family will be lighting our candle and we're all invited to light our own candle at the same time. We'll also be opening our brown boxes during the service. So make sure you've got yours beside you and maybe a pair of scissors if you need them. Then at 7 p.m. this evening, we gather for our joint evening service on Zoom when Helen Stimson will lead our reflections on the theme with St. Andrew into Advent. Then just a wee reminder that our daily Advent reflections, a picture, a poem and a prayer, will start tomorrow evening at 9 p.m. These are short reflections which will run from Monday to Friday uh, throughout Advent, just 15 minutes long at 9 p.m. So look out for an email from me tomorrow, which will have the Zoom invitation for the Advent reflections. And this will be a recurring invitation. So don't delete the email. The same invitation will get you into all Advent reflections. Hold on to it and just click on the link any evening at 9pm. Then just a wee reminder that our Christian Aid Christmas Appeal Just Giving page closes tomorrow. So tomorrow will be your last chance to donate, whether you're human or cat. The December key will be distributed on Tuesday morning. I'm trying to keep these things at least a day apart so you don't really get fed up with me over the next month. So the key will arrive on Tuesday morning and this will be a double issue covering both December and January and it will have all the details of our special Advent and Christmas services. So you don't have to memorise them, they'll all be there for you to check up. Then just uh, two pieces really of family news. We were very sorry to hear that Ken's brother-in-law, Mike Beaton, died on Friday. Uh, Mike and Ken's sister, Jean, were married in Hillhead 45 years ago. Please remember Jean, as well as their son, Andrew, and their daughter, Judith, who is in New Zealand. And then just a wee mention of Ian and Elizabeth. Ian and Elizabeth are moving house tomorrow. You remember what that's like. So we'll be thinking of you tomorrow as you pack up your things and head off to your new home where we hope you will be very happy. Next Sunday, Katrina will lead morning worship for the second Sunday in Advent at 11am, and she will also lead our joint evening service next week on the theme of A Quiet Christmas. And now it's over to Owen and Ethan and their mum and dad to light our candle. As we begin our Advent journey this year, we ask God to give us the courage to hope. Oh, 
The psalmist says, we wait in hope for the Lord, who is our helper and protector. In God, our hearts rejoice, for we trust God's holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, because we put our hope in you. So as we gather, let's come to God in prayer. We pray together. Adventurous God, who journeys with us in all of life. On this, the first day of Advent, in this endlessly strange year of 2020, we are glad to gather together to worship you. As we begin a new church year, taking our first steps on the path that will lead us once more to Bethlehem, we give you thanks for all those who walked the way before us, who told us the stories that inspired us to join in and encouraged us to keep on hoping, even when it all seemed pointless. As we prepare our hearts and minds to celebrate Christ's birth, we do so knowing that this will be for us a strange Christmas. 
that familiar landmarks may be obscured or even absent, and that we may need to look even harder to glimpse the signs that point the way. So, as we worship you, we ask you to bless us, to bless us with new courage, new hope, and new determination. So that as the days unfold, whatever goes on around us, we may know your presence, your love, and your peace. Amen. Maybe this is the moment that you've all been waiting for. And I'm going to be really mean. I'll make you wait a little bit longer. We all know that Advent and Christmas Day this year are going to be different. Whatever our politicians tell us, whatever they do to try and offer a little bit of hope to those who need to be together. And it's very clear from 
both Westminster and Holyrood, this is a concession, not a mandate. They know it's going to be different. We know it's going to be different. It's been a strange year, a really strange year. But for me, one of the huge unexpected blessings has been a growth in collaboration and cooperation and sharing. And way back in September, I had a rather mad idea. And I shared it with a group of other women ministers and said, I've got starts of an idea, but I'm not sure where it's going to go. And it just took off. And suddenly we had an amazing resource, which we offered to all three of the Baptist unions in these islands. And I'm really glad that two of them at least have run with it. And it's gone. It's been translated into Welsh and it's all sorts of people are using it. And I just want to tell you a couple of little stories before we open our boxes. I want to tell you about Sandra. Sandra serves two very small churches in the Wigan area of Lancashire, which, as you may know from the news, is one of the areas that has particularly high levels of COVID and has been under extended restrictions for some time. And she delivered 120 bags of blessings, which is what this is all about, to houses in those two areas. And she dropped them on the doorstep because she couldn't actually see the people. And she said by the time she got home from doing those deliveries, she had over 40 texts, emails and WhatsApps from people saying, thank you, you've given me hope going into our event. And then there's Diana. Diana serves an elderly rural congregation and she took her bags around to 20 households and again left them on the doorsteps because she couldn't go in, but people were able to open the door and she had distance conversations with them. And she went home really disappointed because she just thought how sad her elderly ladies, mostly ladies and gents, looked. But when she got home, her phone was ringing and somebody said, I've opened the bag and I've looked at everything and it's amazing. And she, But you're not meant to do it quite like that. I said, yeah, but I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. You have made my Christmas. And then just a self self-indulgent one. This morning I nipped round and dropped one of these brown boxes through the letterboxes of all my neighbours. Um, I changed the wording of some of it slightly because I have neighbours who are not Christian, they are of other faiths and, and neighbours who have no faith. Uh, but I've already had an email from one of my neighbours to say thank you, I'm really looking forward to it. So I think I've kind of kept you waiting long enough. You've got your box, um, you may need some scissors but you can now open it. I'm kind of hoping that you can get in better than I can because I'm struggling a bit here. Okay, how are we doing? We managed to get the boxes open. So inside your box, you should find a little letter basically pinned to the top that's entitled A Bag of Blessings. And that has all the boring stuff on it to tell you what you might not be able to eat or you might not be able to use if, like me, you have intolerances or allergies and also if you're very tiny and very young what you might not be able to play with and please don't leave your candles unattended and all the things that I do just in case you might want to sue me if something goes wrong but more interesting is the other piece of paper you may have two because I had some fun and games with my double siding which is actually an advent calendar um, and for every day starting from today right up until Christmas day it will tell you which thing out of your box and more importantly your lovely bag to take out and, and to think about and to enjoy or to use or to give away 
Now, just one note, because I'm sure somebody will find they've got two of something or they're missing something. Um, the QA was done by cats, not by humans. So if you do find that you're missing something, just kind of let it go um, and think, well, somebody else maybe got two. And if you've got two of something, that's great. And each Sunday we've got an envelope to open. So I would like to invite you now to take the first envelope, the one that says Advent 1 on it, and to open that up. And Inside is a postcard which you can stick on your fridge or um, put it inside your Bible or your notebook or whatever it is that's helpful for you. And during this week, you can just remind yourself of the theme for this week, which is hope. And we've got just a Bible verse here to think about this week. To have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for and to be certain of the things we cannot see. So Advent's a time of waiting. It's a time when we join with Christians all around the world. And as we've been saying a lot this year, people in all places and all times, we wait for the Lord. Isaiah 2, 2-5 In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. A house, o house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, from verses 3 to 9. The Apostle writes, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God. 
that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. It will, always, it will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him, you are called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So I'm reading Luke 21, 29 to 32. Jesus told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. So our Advent journey begins and this week we are invited to contemplate the theme of hope. I picked that theme, it's an ancient theme used throughout the Christian calendar uh, long before it was being used by somebody else also at this time but what a great theme, whether it's politics or faith it's a great theme to be thinking about. And I guess for as long as I can remember, I've always been drawn to those opening words from Hebrews 11 that are on the card when I think about hope, which seems to be inextricably linked with faith. Because faith needs to have a hope to go with it if it's to have any meaning or purpose. And hope needs to have faith if it's to move beyond wishful thinking and actually become a vision that we can work towards. And I think each of the three scriptures we heard this morning carry something of that combination of faith and hope that enabled people in past times and enables people in our time to keep hanging on in there, even when it's tough, even when the days are dark, and even when the vision seems very faint. 
The prophet Isaiah was speaking or writing to people in exile. They were far away from home, far from any sense of normality. And into that strangeness comes an incredible vision that one day every nation on earth will look to these people and be drawn in awe and wonder to their God. The God whose justice and mercy will inspire them once and for all to put an end to violence and war, competition and comparison, and instead establish peace, collaboration and harmony. A vision, if you like, of a new world order where all are safe and valued, where everyone can flourish, where nobody is excluded. Surely that's something worth hoping for. And then the apostle writing to a small congregation, probably smaller than our church, doing their best to hold on to their faith in a hostile context. And he reminds the believers that while they wait for the full and final revelation of the Lordship of Christ, what some people call the second coming and other people call the end of the age, while they wait, by God's grace, they already have the inner resources they need to enable them to keep on keeping on. A promise, if you like, that God's spirit will equip and enable us to wait for and to work for the inbreaking of God's peace. God's jurisdiction, if you like, where all will be peace and new. That's something else to be hopeful about. And then Jesus, with his image of a tree in the springtime, producing new buds. Signs that it's alive. Signs that summer will come again. Signs to encourage his followers to look for the little hints and clues of that around them. Now, it would be totally disingenuous for me to pretend that those verses were not recorded in the midst of some parables and teaching about terrible catastrophes and portents that seem to signify that, uh, to use the words of the scary people who used to strand on street corners, the end of the world is nigh. But if that's all we see, if all we see is the portents and the horror and the fear, then actually we're missing out on the hope. Because even when all around us we see suffering and sickness, even when there is violence and war going on, even when there are corrupt systems and cruel regimes, it isn't the end of the world. Why? Well, because just in the same way that the buds and the leaves silently appear on the trees, so the green shoots of God's kingdom are there to be discovered. If only we take the time to look for them. A reminder then 
that hope is active, that we need to look for those hints, however tiny they may seem to be. But a hope for a new or renewed world order. The promise of a God who strengthens us in the meantime. And an invitation to look around and see the little hints that this is happening. Yeah, well, that's nice and easy, Katrina, isn't it? I mean, that's uh, just nice and theoretical. When I was looking for some words we could use for our candles this year, I, as you probably know, I look around and see what's out there and then I adapt things for, for our own use. But I was really struck by a phrase that we heard for us this morning about asking God to give us the courage to hope. And in subsequent weeks, we will pick up on other things we ask God to give us the courage for. Does it need courage to hope? And if so, what might that mean? Well, I've already hinted that hope is at least as much a verb as it is a noun. It's active. We need to choose to hope. We need to work hard at hope and to stick with it. And let's be honest, that isn't always remotely easy. Hope needs us to be determined, to hang on to that vision that inspires it, even when the majority of the evidence out there says we're wasting our time. That actually, it's futile. It's all going to end in failure. It's the end of the world. But hope says no, it isn't. So hope needs to be determined. And that's really demanding. We can't just pick it up and put it down when it suits us. We actually keep on keeping on, even if we're disappointed, even when we're disillusioned. Even when the hope seems to fade, the vision seems to fade and the darkness seems practically impenetrable. I don't know if anybody else was up at silly o'clock this morning, but it was foggy in Hindland first thing this morning. It was not thick fog, but it was thick enough to affect uh, what I could and couldn't see. And I had to be quite determined to go out and get my walk. Hope is determined because it holds on to the vision, even when it can't see it at the moment. So, yes, we do need courage because hope isn't wishful thinking. It's not just a nice idea. It's a resolute determination that inspires us to keep working and working hard for the fulfilment of the vision. The ancients held on to a vision of a new world order centred on a renewed Jerusalem from which God would exercise authority and that that would be characterised by world peace, by health and harmony. Jesus shared that vision and indeed this vision continues to be central to those who follow him to this day. Now, clever theologians will argue until the end of time about quite what the end of time means. And I don't think that's helpful. But what all theologians seem to agree on, or pretty much all theologians seem to be agreed on, is the vision that inspires that hope and sustains that hope. 
this vision of peace and justice. No more violence, no more crime. Everybody able to access education and healthcare. No more poverty or hunger. The restoration of the natural world so that climate chaos as a minimum is halted, but maybe even reversed. Is that hope or is that just wishful thinking? Well, here are a few little hints and glimpses of buds and leaves that I have noticed recently. How about the fact that in the last couple of weeks, no less than three viable vaccines looking hopeful for COVID are now nearing the end of trials. That's a sign of hope, I think. Or the newly passed law in Scotland to make period products available for free. And even just yesterday, the news that moves will be taken to make sure that all primary school aged children can obtain free breakfast and free lunch all year round. More widely, there are issues around climate change, aren't there? And, and governments looking to become carbon neutral, perhaps a little sooner than they had said before. And there will be other things. There'll be things you've noticed that I haven't. I wonder what they might be. And then of course, our ultimate hope, the horizon to which our journey of faith takes us, goes first to a back street in a small town and a peasant baby born in an outhouse. And then we, with countless others, follow him, follow his star, follow his teaching and example to the day when everything is made new. So this Advent time, let us keep in mind that this is not a season focusing on the end of the world, but rather on the God who enters the world to restore its hope. Amen.
versions of that carol that we have just sung include at least one extra verse. And one of them is this. O come, desire of nations, bind all peoples in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife and quarrels cease. Fill the whole world with heaven's peace. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. As we seek the courage to hope, even in dark moments, these words become our prayer. So let us pray together for others and for each other. God with us, Emmanuel, light of the world, desire of the nations. In this, our Advent journey for 2020, grant us the courage to be people who hope, who dare to dream dreams and see visions, and who work to help bring them to reality. This week, we are encouraged by news of successful trials of vaccine, bringing hope of a way beyond this current COVID pandemic. We pray for all scientists who undertake and evaluate the trials and for all the volunteers who have taken and continue to take part. We pray too for licensing bodies pharma companies and governments as they discern how to take these results forward. Grant them wisdom and insight to make wise decisions for the good of all people everywhere. Also this week, we are encouraged by decisions of the Scottish Government First, to pass a law making available period products free of charge, and then to ensure that no child of primary age in Scotland goes hungry. Help us to see this good news also in a global context, and to play our part, however small, in its extension beyond this tiny little part of your great world. And so we pray too for the work of BMS World Mission, who this week ask us to focus on their work in the complex area of gender justice. We thank you for their humility in recognising they have work to do within their own organisation, whilst at the same time, they work hard to bring about change in other lands where women's lives hopes and dreams are overlooked or undermined. Grant them compassion and courage to speak for truth and to work for the flourishing of all people everywhere. The Baptist Union of Scotland invites us to pray for the congregations in Stirling, 
Stonehaven, St Ninian's and Stenhouse. We know little of these churches, but we pray for them, that they too will be encouraged to be hopeful people, daring to glimpse your vision and able to notice the small signs of transformation as they faithfully follow Jesus where they are. We thank you for our own extended congregation and bring to you now in our prayer friends both nearby and from across the globe, each with their own unique blend of hope and fear, challenge and opportunity. From our prayer diary, we name before you Margaret, Mary and Ian, Jennifer, Neil and Jensen, Betty, Graeme, Ali and the family, Lena and George, Talash, Yang Yang, Antoinette and Spencer, Bayar and their family. We pray also for those who mourn at this time, especially thinking of Ken and Barbara, Ken's sister and their wider family. From the Americas to Western Europe, across Africa and Eastern Europe, throughout these islands and in this city, protect, guide and sustain these friends and all whom they love. Finally, for ourselves, refresh our hope, renew our strength, and walk with us in hope this Advent season. This we pray in the name of Christ. Amen.
May the blessing of God give us the courage to hope. May the accompaniment of Christ give us the courage to dream. May the indwelling of the Spirit give us courage to do what we can until all is made new in God's eternal shalom. Amen.